So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Daniel G. Wilson from the band John Crow. Uh, and we're going to ask them some questions today. I'm going to start. Uh, so what inspired the creation of the band, and what does the band name mean? <laughs> Good question. Uh, I'll start with the band name. So the band name, is John Crow, is Jamaican Potwit. Directly translates to vulture, specifically the turkey vultures you see around, like, the Americas. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. People always uh, mistake the name as a Jim Crow reference. It's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, and the start of the band. Well, basically, I've I've been wanting to be in a band since I was 16 years old, and I nothing happened until I was 19. I was 19. We started as a four piece. Uh, two members quit before our first show. Like they played the oh show, God. but they quit. Oh, oh okay. I was about to say they just bailed on you like this before. God. That would honestly, I honestly, I honestly, I wish they had. It would have been a better story. Oh, <laughs> oh. Possibly a better show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, yes, because they didn't practice. Oh my God! <laughs> it was just me and the drummer who practiced the songs. Like, actually, memorized the songs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that happened. The drummer decided to stay, Matt, uh, mm-hmm. still playing today. He decided to stay with me. And um, yeah, we've been playing ever since. And we changed our name. Uh, we used to be called Troubadour, but there's mm-hmm. already a band from Ontario called Troubadour. They're not active, but I, I didn't want them. To, if we got any, gain any traction, I didn't want them to like knock at my door. Oh. I, 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 I don't want to have to be prepared for a fight. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, people don't use Jamaican uh, imagery and potwa in, like, rock music, so I just, like, John Crow, and uh, the rest is history. All right. Solid. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a lot, but that was awesome. Uh, so, congratulations on your newest release, Sakura? Did I yes. say that right? Awesome. How do you feel about the response to it so far? Uh, pretty good uh people are people are dig people are like digging it uh the only thing i wish is that uh the only thing i wish is that uh of course this is mostly i guess for later I, i'm kind of i kind of am waiting for people to start covering that song because i'm honestly curious to see what uh, people who you know have better voices than me would approach it <laughs> Mm. Okay. Wait, so then you should hold like a contest or something like just to get people to make covers of it and like the best person gets like i don't know i don't know what the prize would be but they yeah. get something you know <laughs> i feel like that'd be cool that'd be something to gain traction around it i like the way you think <laughs> thanks Corey has a lot of ideas <laughs> i have a lot of ideas not all of them are good but i do have a lot a lot of saying no, but a lot of saying yes as well. Yeah. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the single name or cover art? Um. Well, so that's kind of one of our old, older songs, I guess. We've been playing it for five. It's been in our repertoire for five years. What? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a live. It's a, it's a, it's a live favorite. Okay. Um. But we decided to like kind of make the definitive version, which is Sakura. Um, the meaning behind it, so I've always grown up loving like the imagery of cherry blossoms, right? There's something kind of romantic about it. There's, uh, they're beautiful, uh, for example. Um, and I thought the idea, and I'm, I've been called a romantic, I guess. So 
um, I started, um, the idea was that like the song is essentially themed after a breakup. So the idea was like, you know, what do you do when you're like, you have lost someone you, you care about and you're trying to think about not so much the pain, like the loss, but like the times you had, you're reminiscing about the good times you had and what them not being your life, that gap feeling, you know? Mm. So I want to encapsulate that in the song and the imagery of like, you know, two people under a cherry blossom tree. And uh, it just, it just kind of, it, 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 it just fit together very, it just fit together very well. And the art um, designed by uh, Christine Koss, a friend of mine, um, she's a fantastic graphic designer. I hit her up and was like, uh, could you um, make something kind of cherry blossom fiend and whatnot? Mm-hmm. And she did that fantastic art, looks like a painting. And I think it, does, it really, yeah. I think it really captures um, the emotion that the song um, has. Um, the sun and the moon uh, thing, yeah, that's, I, I like sun and moon imagery. So the idea was just the sun and moon, the moon represent the two people, like, you know, the breakup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Makes sense. That's really cool. All right. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about your writing process for this single? Uh, <laughs> um, I knew you said I mean, it was like, it's a five-year-old song. So if you can't remember, that's okay. You can just make something up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the writing process for the single um basically i wanted i i i I like shoegaze so Mm -hmm. i the basic writing process it's not like in terms of lyrical themes and like the emotion behind the song i do i I take a lot of time with that but the actual initial creation of the song i wanted to write i I was listening to a lot of shoegaze at the time particularly like post-hardcore bands like blending them so Mm -hmm. there's a band i know from chicago called loom um uh friends friends of mine from my back then uh still active um and I was listening to them and I was like okay I kind of want to have a song that has a beat like that like a you know a halftime kind of halftime snare on the free beat so basically I just was like going to man like let's just make a song like this and I have I, I had a plus pedal at the time which I still have and yeah I just wanted to make a shoegaze song <laughs> okay <laughs> So, All right. that's fair. Uh, so can you tell me where your headspace was at while you were writing this song? I know you wrote it all these years ago. So maybe if you just want to talk about like when you're recording it, where you're at, yeah. wh- whatever, however you want to take this question. Emotional devastation. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, five years ago, uh, I like I, I had some stuff happen in my teenage years uh so that was initial inspiration behind it um but then as I've gotten older like crap happens in your early 20s and I had gone through some shall shall we say um you know ends of relationships and uh first relationships and I kind of just you know I don't like writing bitter love songs I'm, I'm always more interested in like you know, like if I love someone and cared about someone in any way, I want to focus more on the fact that like what their loss means to me and stuff like that, rather than just like, oh, I wish you, I wish you died or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the song meant more to me now than it did five years ago. And I felt like, 
you know, and recording it and kind of recording it now and kind of, you know, uh, as I'm also a better musician and everything, and we also had uh, Kieran in the band now, our current bass player. Uh, side note, she's, she's amazing. Um, uh, we, uh, I felt that now was the perfect time to kind of bring that song into into the forefront and uh, yeah basically emotional devastation <laughs> okay okay that's valid that's fair uh so while listening to the song what band or artist influences pop out the most to you i know you mentioned just shoegaze in general are there any other bands that you want to mention in that area i guess failure uh definitely failure um hum um what other bands were there my brain is like always a I I listen to a lot of music for different genres Mm -hmm. um uh let me see so there's hum them uh slow dive I would say Mm -hmm. um there's slow dive and obviously loom as I had said before Mm -hmm. um uh, uh, no I I think that's about it off the top of my head that I can remember like it may I'd probably remember more bands that influenced the song in like um in like another hour or something but yeah <laughs> you'll be um, MS later <laughs> exactly yeah that's fine. yeah um so this question should be super super quick off the top of your head I want you to describe the single for new listeners in three words no more no less um three words yeah. mm-hmm. uh Emotional, uh, intense, loud. Okay. That's very good. Yeah, that's good. You didn't take the easy way out. So that's, that's good. Thank you for that. Uh, so is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through this track? Um, sad, a tinge of sadness, nostalgia, mm-hmm. and a kind of, you know, like I want them to kind of feel that sense you know like when you're in love I guess like kind of that appreciation for the time you had with people you know it's not just necessarily a romantic relationship but like even say a very strong platonic relationship you know like just a relationship that you have and kind of just remembering the good times rather than just folk again you know the focus on the the bitterness you focus on like you know just a contemplation on that you know Mm -hmm. all right good uh so i was scrolling through your spotify and so you guys put out a lot of releases in 2020 compared to (laughs) all the other years you guys have been a band (laughs) was like the quarantine very like a creative time for you or can or did you just have a backlog of songs and finally had time to record them um it's hard for me to kind of say this without kind of sounding like a self-aggrandizing asshole but um so I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of a bad multi instrumentalist and a, and kind of like a odd prolific songwriter. Like, um, basically, what happened was we had we did have songs in, on the back burner to record, but uh, most of them I wanted I'm actually recording now for like the album we're going to be releasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we because and I got to do that with Matt uh the drums last year, and then Kieran added the bass parts. Uh, from like a cabin in the woods. Uh, oh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but um, for the, what we released last year, um, basically what happened was I we, we released one EP last year, the first one, which was Twa, which was a, a, some songs we had recorded over a two-year period with um, our friend uh, Austin of the band The Effins. Mm-hmm. Um, we had recorded this in his basement and these songs in his basement. And we had, we, I want, I was like, yeah, we need to have an EP out. So like, uh, let's compile this and release it. Cause you know, the song is really good. Libertador is still our most popular single at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that quarantine happened, all of our plans were shot dead. And uh, I went through some emotional issues for about a month. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, uh, between kind of getting antsy and then the George Floyd purchase happened. And so I was just yeah. like, okay, I'm going to start recording stuff. So I recorded a song, I recorded Degenerates. Oh, and also my aunt had died the same, oh. uh, around the same time. Uh, so basically what happened was I, I, I snapped and I just started recording like music in my basement. And yeah. So what has, so I just started recording stuff and then with everything just happened all at once. So you, I recorded Degenerates, um, I recorded Degenerates, uh, Kieran added the ba- bass, was this track we, ha- we had on the back burner that I just kind of made a uh, version of. Um, I recorded a song called Wise River dedicated to my aunt. Then after that, like for every band camp Friday, I would just release music like on a bi-weekly like schedule for Bandcamp yeah. Friday. Um, and then after that, I compiled like a bunch of songs and released that as the um, John Crow Mountains, uh, mm-hmm. which, and then after that, during the, uh, when lockdown here in, in Canada wasn't too bad, uh, me and Matt came together. We recorded the drum tracks for the current songs you're hearing and the upcoming album. And we recorded a live EP. <laughs> All right. Wow. Busy. So, so much <laughs> yeah. content. A lot yeah. of content. Oh my God. Okay. Um, so where do you see the band in the next five years? And you mentioned the album twice. What can you tell us about that? Uh it's called Richmond Station. It's called Richmond Station. Um the album is basically, I call it my going through shit album. <laughs> that's fair. That's, um, that's valid. Yeah, soccer, to give you any indication, the most recent two songs we've released, Pasa Pasa and Soccer, are going to be on it. Mm-hmm. And they each of those songs is like, shall we say, me kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of moaning, kind of bemoaning the state of my life. Yeah. Um, and it's based, the basic theme of the, of the album is it's, what I can say is that's basically kind of a, a loose concept record of going of a person going through stuff mm-hmm. and kind of coming out the other end, uh, com- coming out the other end of it. Um, Richmond, I, I'm, I spent a good portion of my life in Jamaica and then Richmond is where like my dad's the town below the hill where my dad's family's from. And like, there was a train station there when Jamaica had a railway station and basically it ties into the theme. The theme is, going back into yourself, examining your emotions and kind of examining also themes of family. Um, so that's what I can say about that. It's supposed to come out ideally in June, but we'll see. All right. Ooh, okay. And where do you see the band in the next five years? 
well, I base the band off of five-year plans, uh, like Riza. <laughs> um, the first five-year plan um, would have ended last year. I COVID kind of <laughs> impeded it, so I'm yeah. horrified to make another one. But five years, I don't know. I want us to tour, be touring Africa. I want to be touring. Oh. Yeah, uh, Latin America in five years. I want us to be that band. I to be that band that like you know, uh, people are gonna be like, hey, that like I want us to be like that band that be that's kind of the kind of more legendary, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if all of that ends up falling through or or falling through, then I at least want to be able to I don't know be able to play like a thousand people and just crowd surf in a thousand in a crowd of a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That'd be right. sick. Mm-hmm. You guys can become one of those bands that people don't have to beg to go to like South America and um, Africa and whatnot. Yeah. I think that would be pretty sick. That'd be amazing. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually shift away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, God. Uh, well, I'm straight edge. That kind of narrows, narrows it down, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Let me see. Pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Pie. Uh, steak and uh, like specifically apple or pumpkin pie. Uh, and uh, oh, sugar cane. Jamaican sugar cane. Uh, yeah. Um, and plus, I could also use it as a as an escape weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've ever seen sugarcane, yeah. Um, and your drink, cranberry juice. It's my drink of choice when I go to bars because oh, I cranberry <laughs> juice is amazing. Yeah, so it's a good drink of choice. <laughs> so, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Oh God, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge nerd, so like that's a the difficult question. Yeah. Um, Oh God! Uh, let me see. I I wouldn't say. Let me see. I wouldn't say uh, fictional world. Does that include like a kind of magical realist world? Or... Yes. Yeah. Oh God! Um, I'd probably pick um, like uh, the world of the Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I kind of like the idea that of an, of, a, of a world where like the you know, West African slash Caribbean kind of deity and antsy is actually real. Yeah. Because I could probably ask him questions. Of course, he'd probably trick me. <laughs> but oh. it'd be fun. Exactly. It's good. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. And every single person you've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? People are going to people are gonna give me flack for this. Like, it black like me too basically it's it's black or purple like people can say black's not a color it's a shade Glory yeah. says it's that <laughs> purple then if, it, if not black but yeah black well i okay. support both those answers because purple bangs as well purple's a very good color <laughs> it is uh so uh, as i said that's all the questions we have today is there anything that you would like to plug um yes actually uh well we have a the next single off the album coming out another week too uh, mm-hmm. called Kujo. It's uh, named after a Jamaican uh, maroon maroon hero. So Ooh. there's that. Um, also, uh, check out like uh, some of our 
our buddies, uh, the band Burner, uh, the band, the OBGMs, the Ethan, shout out to Austin for doing a wonderful job with the mixing and mastering of the songs. And um, yeah, um, I don't know, treat everybody decently. And um, yeah, raise, <laughs> raise a black art, uh, raise a black art uh, outside of that. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, give people named Daniel Pie. <laughs> Yeah. Solid. That's a good one. All That's right. Good way to end uh, it. Well, thank you for now. This has been Daniel from John Crow and uh, Over the Good Noise podcast.